Welcome to Monday and the Puro Pelka podcast. It's Mike here, and I'd like to say happy Monday, but I can't. There's not much to be happy about when you wake up and you see the polling data on the direction of the country. As a matter of fact, the, um, the news was so bad, the news was so disturbing that even Chuck Todd over at uh, NBC News and Meet the Press couldn't hide his disappointment when Democrats can't even put a spin on what's going on, then you know things are bad. How bad are they, Chuck? And a good Sunday morning to all of you. We are less than three months before the midterms, and our brand new NBC News poll paints a pretty bleak picture. Americans are angry, they're disappointed, and they are worried about the future of this country. Just 21% of adults say we are heading in the right direction, and once again, Three out of four Americans say we're on the wrong track. In fact, this number, never before in our poll, has this wrong track number been over 70% for this long. It's been nearly a year now. 58%, by the way, say America's best years are behind us. That's an all-time high in our poll. Yeah, it's bad news. It's bad news overall for the country when 58% of us think that America's greatest days are behind us. Wow, that means they're giving up. I want to know who the 21% are that think we're going the right direction, though. That's a very disturbing number. That means 21% of the people out there think that, that we're doing the right thing, that everything's going to be great. That inflation, that just the last three years, if you spent 100 bucks on something three years ago. Today, it would cost you $115. Yeah, that's that's how bad inflation is. And I'm betting it's not going to slow down. I was at the grocery store over the weekend, and it ain't getting any better, no matter what Joe Biden tries to tell you. By the way, Joe Biden has had more vacations this month. The month of August, he's had more vacations than I've had in the last two years. So, uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. And while he is riding his bike on a beach where a private donor has given him a $20 million mansion to use, and he's done it before in the past, this is not a new thing. While he's doing that, China is working overtime to take over America. China sees the end of America, and they're putting their foot on the accelerator. But Joe has spent decades, decades bowing and kowtowing to the communists in China and trying to convince us that they're not a problem. They're not coming for us. China is not our enemy. I believe then, and I'm even more convinced now, that a rising China is an incredibly positive development for not only China, but the United States and the rest of the world. So those two quotes from 2001 and 2011 show you that this guy's been doing this for two decades now, but there's even more. He talked about America, and he was at the Szechuan University. I, I, I'm just absolutely stunned at, at how tone deaf his party is. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. China's a great nation, and we should hope for the continued expansion. We want to see China rise. A rising China can be a significant asset for the region and the world. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. They're not bad folks, folks, but guess what? 
They're not a they're, they're not, not they're competition for us. China's not our problem. We can help them with some of their problems. China's not a problem. The idea that China is going to eat our lunch is bizarre. And so, what are we what are we worried about? We talk about China as our competitor. We should be helping. Do you think, in retrospect, that you were naive about China? No. No, not naive about China. Well, I guess you're not naive as long as the checks from Hunter are still clearing, right? As long as you're still getting paid from China. What a beautiful history we wrote together. It's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. But even more embarrassing than Joe Biden and more infuriating that the vacationing Joe Biden, again, more vacations this month than I've taken in the last two years. Uh, Even more embarrassing is his vice president, Kamala Harris. Has anyone seen Kamala? She's apparently on vacation, too, because I guess when Joe goes, she gets to go as well. Did she fix the border so she earned a vacation? No, she hasn't fixed the border. Not at all. And now she's caught in a big stinking lie because Kamala Harris is... uh, is in trouble for calling the Northern Triangle the Northern Triangle and then saying she almost never uses that term. Well, is that true? So each country has its own identity, its own culture, its own history, and that should be respected, which is why you will see that I I rarely, if ever, refer to it as the Northern Triangle. In the Northern Triangle. To focus on the Northern Triangle. Not just in the Northern Triangle. To help the Northern Triangle. To combat violence in the Northern Triangle. And to focus on the Northern Triangle. One of my areas of focus, which is the Northern Triangle, that are affecting the Northern Triangle, to provide immediate relief to the Northern Triangle, to address the root causes in the Northern Triangle. So the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, that she never calls it the Northern Triangle because she's so darn respectful. These people just lie to us and we're supposed to take it. It's really maddening. I know I'm starting a Monday on a very sour note. I do have some good news. It's been a couple of weeks now that we've been seeing the polling data on a critical Senate seat that's up for grabs in Pennsylvania, and it has been leaning towards the Democrats in a major way. That's the race between the guy with the bald head, the weird beard, the guy who wears the hoodies and the cargo shorts, John Fetterman. He's the lieutenant governor In the state of Pennsylvania, a guy who lived off his parents had a $50,000 a year allowance from mommy and daddy until he was 50. I could could have done quite well if I had a $50,000 a year allowance. I could have done quite well at doing nothing with a $50,000 a year allowance. Now he wants to be a senator. And he wants to be a senator for several reasons. One, because he thinks uh, he's, he's part of that elite group, but he's also a communist. At, at best, we can describe him as a socialist. Here he was in 2018. And I'm proud to say if I'm your next lieutenant governor, I will have Bernie's back on all the issues that we all hear. So he attended a Bernie Sanders rally in 2018 and uh, said that he, it, well, he was also out there campaigning for himself. And uh, he said that if if he is elected lieutenant governor, which he was, that he will have Bernie's back on everything. And by the way, Bernie was in Pennsylvania over the weekend in Philadelphia over the weekend rallying against people and uh, for his communist agenda. 
Uh, Fetterman also has said he wants to ban fracking. And I haven't understood how did this guy have a double digit lead on Dr. Oz when he says things like he's got Bernie Sanders back and he wants to ban fracking. I don't support fracking uh, at all, and I never have. Um, yeah, I called for a moratorium on fracking. 2016 fracking moratorium pledge that Fetterman signed for an environmental watchdog group mm-hmm. as well as a 2016 tweet he sent while running for U.S. Senate. I don't uh, support fracking. I, I think it's something that has to eventually go away, uh, and I would like to see it you know, transition out. Canceling the Keystone Pipeline, which some people don't support. And and I, I think you made the right call. Fossil fuels should be transitioned out. Yeah, he, he wants to kill an industry in the state that has 609,000 jobs connected to it. Would take $261 billion in revenue out of the state's economy. Would destroy that state. How did he have a double-digit lead? How, how, how? How did he have a double-digit lead? He's also against voter ID. My concern about voting in Pennsylvania is the Republicans are looking to amend our Constitution here in the state that mandates, you know, ID every time, not just when you sign up, but every time, which is, again, outrageous. It's it's just, it's illogical and it's unfair. So showing about- an ID when you go to vote, your most sacred right as a citizen, is unfair and illogical. He also wants to empty the prisons, too. Really. And he's, he's really up on this voter suppression by asking you for an ID. And today he called universal voter ID insidious and unnecessary. Universal ID and some of these other measures are a solution for a non-existent problem of voter ID, excuse me, a voter fraud, and it's simply voter suppression. No, it's not voter suppression. It's voter verification. And more than 60% of the African-American population supports it. Well, with all of that information, I, I truly was pulling what's left of my hair out thinking, how does this guy have a double-digit lead over Dr. Oz? Well, new polling data came out over the weekend, and it appears that it's now a five-point lead, which is almost in the margin of error. And now Donald Trump is going to be coming and rallying for Dr. Oz in the state of Pennsylvania September 3rd. And I also see the Republican National Committee is finally off the schneid and putting out some ads with those clips of Fetterman making all those statements, plus the ones about emptying the prisons. He wants the prisons empty. So while it was uh, looking bad last week, as we're now under, under 80 days before the midterm elections, it seems like maybe people are starting to wake up to who these people are. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. The other clown inside the, um, inside the Biden administration joining Joe and Kamala is uh, Cabinet Secretary, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who just keeps opening her mouth and putting her foot in it, especially when she talks about all of this green energy support that is in the bill they just passed that's meant to lower inflation, but we'll do just the opposite. The amazing thing here is they're telling you, and this is why 
you know they're Democrats when they say, oh, if you want to lower your expenses, you have to spend money. That's a real government Democrat thought process there. If you want to lower the cost of government, we have to create more government, like double the size of the IRS, etc. The energy secretary talking about, well, if you're low income, you can get your home entirely weatherized, meaning we're going to pay for it. You and I are going to pay for uh, And what is low income? And then she talks about moderate income. You have to hear this little clip. She was on Fox News Sunday talking about the tax credits for people who buy electric vehicles and solar panels and better windows. And really, you could make the same argument we were talking about tax breaks for adding solar panels, energy efficient windows, appliances, heat pumps. You know, what do you say to the families who simply can't afford this stuff in the first place? Well, number one, for your home, yes, there are significant incentives in this bill, which is great to reduce people's energy costs on a monthly basis. So if you are low income, you can get your home entirely weatherized through the expansion from the bipartisan infrastructure law, a significant expansion. You don't have to pay for anything. If you want uh, heat pumps, insulation, new windows, that is covered. If you are moderate income, today you can get 30% off the price of solar panels. Those solar panels can be financed, so you don't have to have the big outlay at the front. So this is the funny part of this to me. It's ridiculous. If I don't have $50,000 to put solar panels on the roof of my house, how is making the cost $35,000, because I'm not going to have that either, going to make me jump up and now add $35,000 more debt to my life that already has a $717 a month increased cost just because of inflation, just because of food and gas and other costs that have gone up because of this administration. How am I supposed to afford that? But that does, you know, that's not Democrat math. When they're financed, they're financed to the in a way that reduces your energy bill, even though you have solar panels. With this thirty percent off, it's a significant incentive. Same thing with if you are, if you don't qualify for the weatherization program, you will be able to starting next year get rebates on the the appliances and equipment that will help you reduce your monthly energy bill by up to thirty percent. Sounds like she's selling aluminum siding or cheap roofing, doesn't it? Like she showed up at your house and she's selling this stuff. It's very disturbing. We have the least qualified people in charge. It truly is a cacistocracy. And on top of it, we now have Joe Biden releasing 257,000 unaccompanied migrant children into the country. That's a quarter of a million children who are going to now be in the system They're part of the two plus million, maybe five million since Joe's been in office who have crossed into this country because our border is not closed. As DHS Secretary Mayorkas tells us, matter of fact, uh, NPR has a new poll out. NPR put out a, a poll about the border. They asked a whole bunch of questions on it. And I don't think it came out the way they were hoping. Because the new NPR Ipsos poll has a majority of Americans believing there is, quote, an invasion, close quote, at our southern border. Boy, that had to be hard for them to pay for that polling data and then open it up and say, well, let's take a look at what we got here. Yeah, 
more than 50%, 53% of respondents believe we are being invaded on our southern border. Not only that, you have to look at the, uh, the uh, numbers of people who are dying from the fentanyl that's coming across the border. I believe it's uh, well over 130 a day that are dying. Now, it's like a small plane going down every single day. If there were a small plane crashing in America each and every day and 130 plus people on that plane were dying because of the, that, that mess up in the air traffic control, don't you think it would lead the news? Don't you think we would be doing everything we could to stop it, to prevent it from happening again? But no, that's what's happening every single day under this administration. The fentanyl is just insane. And we're told the border is secure. We're told that, oh, everything's fine. You people, you're, you're just wrong about this. And I think the polling is starting to catch up to Democrats. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. We even saw uh, the New Hampshire Governor Sununu, who talked this weekend. I think he was on uh, Fox News Sunday. Uh, Governor Sununu, who's not been a fan of Donald Trump, called uh, Joe Biden and Merrick Garland morons. Morons because they did not respond to the outrage over the Mar-a-Lago raid. Morons. From Governor Sununu. Again, not exactly the biggest fan of Donald Trump. Uh, We also had Mike Pence, who was visiting Iowa recently. Mike Pence, who's kind of dipping his toe in that presidential water to see if it's warm to him. And he was walking around the Iowa State Fair, eating the corn dogs and all the the funnel cakes, etc., and listening to the people. Well, Mike Pence is now saying he's thinking twice about testifying before the January 6th committee. Liz Cheney was getting all hot and bothered thinking she was going to get Pence on there and, and have him uh, have him answer some questions, but he's thinking twice. Maybe he's realized that he will be used. He will be used. That's probably exactly what would happen. So uh, pay attention to that story. It seems like there's been a slight shift in momentum just in the past couple of days. While we're at it on the international scene, we, um, we have to make mention that uh, Secretary of State in training, Dennis Rodman, is headed to Moscow. He said over the weekend he had gotten permission to go to Russia to try and help negotiate the release of Brittany Griner, the WNBA athlete who's sentenced to nine-plus years in a Russian prison. Who did he get permission from? There's no restriction on traveling to Russia. You can go to Russia. There's some warnings, but uh, who did he get permission from? His mom? That's really bizarre. Very, very bizarre. In the woke news world, uh, the New York governor, Kathy Hochul, who's trying to take credit now when anything good happens in the world of policing, uh, but it's the NYPD that should get all the credit, Kathy Hochul, having solved the crime problem, has turned her focus to fixing gendered language in all of the state's documents. That's really good. That's going to clean up New York. The Minnesota teachers we told you about last year or last week, they have a new contract that mandates that if they have to have layoffs, the white teachers will be laid off first. That's a racist contract. 
Well, now they're upset that people are upset about it. Why would you be upset? Oh, because you got caught. That's right. And the world of golf is about to get its first trans player on the women's tour. There is a a person, biological male, who's been taking hormones for, uh, I guess it's four years now, is going to get a PGA card for the LPGA, a tour card to play on the women's side of things. Uh, Let's keep an eye on this. It's right at the end of the golf season, so I don't know where this is going. I'm totally against it, of course. But when women start losing tournaments because this person outdrives them by 100 yards on every hole, then they'll start talking about it. We shall see. We shall see. And a a poll of uh, college students shows that most liberal college students, almost two-thirds of them, would refuse to room with a Donald Trump supporter. They would not share a room with a Donald Trump supporter. And uh, most of the Republicans are a lot more understanding than those evil, awful, unfair, because they're always talking about fairness, uh, liberal college kids. Very, very interesting. I watched Brian Stelter and his final show on Sunday. I'm not going to force feed any of that to you because, well, I endured it. And no one else should have to endure it. So nothing, nothing to share other than bye-bye, Bri. We're not going to miss you. All right, um, that's today's update on the headlines. There's going to be more coming this week. A lot going on. A couple of primaries tomorrow. I think there's a New York primary tomorrow. And uh, we'll talk about that. But we have to talk to our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Roizen is with us. His book, his new book, The Great Age Reboot, which is going to help us all become genetic engineers and live a lot younger, is out in less than a month, September 13th. And we'll be talking about doing a special show about The Great Age Reboot. Uh, Dr. Royson, thanks for being here. I have to ask you, do you get all excited when a new book comes out? Are you, uh, are you all nervous and jittery, my friend? Oh, of course. Anytime you release a book, you, you know, it is, it is always exciting because the only reason to write a book is to try and change behavior. That is to try and influence people so that they will live a better, healthier, more uh, successful life. So that's the goal of this is to help people understand that we're going to have a reboot, that um, everyone is going to be able to be um, 40 at age calendar age 90 you're going to be able to get a lot younger and functionally a lot younger Um, and so you're going to be able to reboot yourself well that has profound economic effects profound societal effects but also how you prepare for it will determine how well you do with it and so the book the first third of the book is on the science of what the rebooting was likely to be. We've seen these huge changes even in the last week in the science. The second thing is um, what societal and economic changes are going to occur and how you can prepare for those. And the third part of the book is how you can prepare your health for this. Um, and so I always get excited because I want to say it as best I can. 
and I need a lot of practice. So thank you for letting me uh, practice right now. Well, when we get the book out there, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll go through it together on a couple episodes here when you and I get together. I'm very excited because I know a year ago this book was supposed to be out, but the supply chain mess held up the paper that was meant to print the book so we couldn't get the book, which is now it's here. It's almost here. All right, Doc, let's get into business. A couple bits of uh, business we have to take care of. Last time, or actually about two weeks ago, we talked, and uh, you were talking about long COVID and how people can get rid of long COVID and maybe get their sense of taste and smell back. And you said that there was um, a significant uh, success with people who got a booster and then that ended the long COVID and they got their sense of taste and smell back. One of the listeners had a family member who was suffering, no taste, no smell. They were, they were losing weight. They had no lust for life anymore. And the guy got the, the booster and he got his sense of taste and smell back within a day. And he was crying. He was so excited. So kudos to you, Dr. Royzen, for sharing that data. It worked out very well for this cat. And then another listener sent a question. Well, you asked the question, so you should get some credit, too. And for all your listeners, we're happy to answer questions. Well, we got one from a Sue from Schwenksville, Pennsylvania, sent a question. So you got to ask Dr. Royzen about this. It's an article in the Daily Mail that says, uh, if you want to absorb drugs better, lie down on your right side. That if you're if you lie down on your right side when you take pills, it's going to give you a better result than when you lie down on your left side. Doctor, is this real or is this uh, Bravo Sierra? Well, the interesting thing is most of the drugs are tested in a way that they say to the patient, just take it orally and standing up or whatever. Um, so the effectiveness of most drugs is not their peak level, but their average level in the bloodstream. The toxicity of drugs is from peak levels usually. Now, not necessarily on either of those, but that's the usual way. So by getting better absorption, faster absorption, it isn't more complete absorption, it's faster. So you get a higher peak level, which could correlate with more toxicity. So I would just take it the way um, it is uh, requested in the information that comes with the drug, which is usually just standing up and take it or sitting down and taking it with a little water or a little coffee or a little tea. Okay. Um, and you want to see the effect from the average level, usually not the peak level. This begs the question now, Doc. Uh, we get uh, hard pills. We also see there are capsules now with uh, granules inside, and there are liquid gels. Which is more effective? Um, if they are a FDA-approved drug, this is not a supplement, but an FDA-approved drug, they usually equalize them so that they're equally effective. Okay. Um, that is the dose, the the amount of medicine in the pill, and the and the what we call the adjuvant or what comes with the pill, is usually adjusted to get the right level for an average effect. Okay, just curious. In supplements, wait yeah. a second. In right. supplements, 
the water-soluble ones are usually better absorbed in the gummy form or liquid form. And the, um, if you will, the uh, lipid ones are better absorbed in a gel or other form. All right. Well, that's really good advice. And now that you bring up the gummy form, everything's in a gummy now. I saw a commercial today on television for a gummy laxative. And I'm thinking, can we just got to be careful with this because if everything's gummy, <laughs> then someone's going to grab the wrong thing. You know, if there's gummy vitamins, gummy laxatives, it, you, could have, you could have a disaster on your hands, Dr. Royce, if you, if you didn't put your glasses on. It would be like reaching for the, the, the KY jelly and getting the polygrip. You know, that would be a really big problem <laughs> if you got the wrong tube. I'm just saying. Forgive me, but I just think we got to calm down on the gummies. All right, let's get into this week's research. So much great research. Pardon me, doctor. That just stuff pops into my brain, and I, I don't know why or where. Uh, we are, we're looking at um, people that like... I hope your listeners have as much fun t talking and listening to you as I do. Well, thank you. Because it's just, you bring joy. Thank you, Michael. Well, if we can save just one life today, <laughs> let it be mine, God, please, let it be. Uh, Doc, I'm one of those people who gets the sugar craving during the day, and you have a note on your research this week, uh, quick snacks to help kick my sugar craving. What are they, please? The best one I saw is peanut butter and apples. Really? So, yeah, you know, Elvis may have had a thing with bananas and and peanut butter that uh, sandwich, and that's not a bad quick snack to crave sugar either. So apples, you know, dip the apple in the peanut butter, and you get a little hit on blood sugar, not too much, and it's really healthy. Okay. That's good. So you recommend that. Now, Elvis's peanut butter and nanner sandwich was usually fried, though. So I don't think you, it would pass it? the Dr. Royzen test. Yeah, it was a peanut butter and nanner sandwich. Are you sandwich. really serious? It was fried? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, his, his cooks would take a, a two slices of bread and the peanut butter and the bananas and then just fry it up in a pan. It, was, <laughs> it couldn't have been healthy. And he didn't make it to 50. So I, I think the peanut butter and nanner sandwiches might have had something to do with that i'm just saying just throwing that out there doc um we also are focused on cancer we see cancer take lives every day we've made some great strides in cancer but i saw this uh number 13 that says there are viruses that can cause cancer i don't even think about that i don't understand how cancer shows up in somebody it, it seems like it could be caused by external forces like uh, smoking, et cetera. But what are these six viruses that could cause cancer? Well, well, what these viruses do is they get into your DNA and change it, or they change the, um, if you will, they, they, they're clever enough viruses that they get into your nucleus. So most cancer is caused by a change in a gene of one letter. So, you know, you have four letters, A, C, G, and T, in your nucleus, in the DNA. And you either knock out what we call a, um, if you will, preventive gene, a gene that's preventing cancer, or you stimulate a 
oncogene, a gene that causes cancer. And they're random mutations all the time. And the good news is your immune system gets 99.9999999, as many nines as you can get, percent of them and gets rid of them. And occasionally one gets through. But the problem with viruses like HPV, human papillovirus. So it's the virus that causes cervical cancer in women and throat cancer in both men and women. And there are a couple subtypes, 16 and 18, that seem particularly virulent. And the good news is we have a vaccine against it. But they cause most cervical cancer, but that virus causes most cervical and most throat cancers, bad Mm. cancers. Um, The good news is that your own body gets rid of about 90% of them. But this is new news this week or maybe last week, and I may not have said it, but if you get an abnormal uh, pap smear, the great news is that even getting the vaccine, as long as you haven't had it at that point, we don't know about booster, but even if you get the vaccine at that point, it radically reduces your risk of getting a cancer. Wow. So we know HIV, if you will, HIV virus, the one that causes AIDS, well, that's partly cancer. So there are six of these viruses, hepatitis B and C. So you want to get immunized against B, C we've got a treatment for now. Those are the those are four of the most common ones, um, if you will. So, um, and we know that the herpes viruses can cause it as well. So there are specific um, of the, and they almost all start with an H, don't they? Um, anyway. Um, but we have viruses. We have vaccines for for most of these, and even if you're you're get a Pap smear and you show an elevated level, getting the vaccine might have an effect to help you prevent getting as serious a case of uh, HPV. Well, it, it it actually helps you get rid of it and not get a recurrence. It's actually new data. I think it was in last week's uh, medical news that I sent you. Yes. But we always have too much medical news to cover, but I like to, but this is, this is a remarkable benefit. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell parents sometime between nine and 13, you can get HPV vaccines for your kids. Get them both men and women. This is a bad, you know, the cancer of the cervix and cancer of the throat and larynx are horrible cancers, and you can prevent them. 90 plus percent, I think they're 95% effective. That's amazing, and and it is great advice. Um, you said in our discussion there, Doctor, you mentioned hepatitis C, and you have an item in your list this week that says less than or fewer than one in three people with insurance and hepatitis C aren't getting care. Why? Um, well, Part of it is, you know, this is, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Are you, are you do any insurance, medical insurance companies advertise on your radio programs, Mike? I don't think Mike? so. I think we're going to get in trouble. You know, um, the, uh, the insurance companies, it seems to me, um, I'm going to tell a tale out of school. It seems to me 
make it very tough for doctors to do what's right for patients. That's why you're not getting an expensive drug that cures hepatitis C easily approved. I mean, I'm where the tail out of school is God, you know, I fight and do this often, but I only, I don't spend time in the evenings doing it. Maybe an hour I'll spend once a week, but my wife, God bless her to get kids the right drugs for their problem will spend two hours a night, two nights a week arguing with insurance companies. How many pediatricians will do that? I mean, it's crazy, right? But this is everybody, they, they fight us like crazy. They put all kinds of roadblocks um, on anything expensive to get the right therapy for patients. Well, God bless you doctors, you and your wife and the other types for fighting for patients. One more quick one here, doc. Uh, salt substitute could slash your heart risks. I know we love salt. Salt makes food taste really good, and we try not to use so much of it, just a pinch here and there. But we can use a salt substitute and have uh, better results. Right. So, the, so salt is sodium chloride. Potassium chloride is pretty close in taste, and you can mix and match. So, yeah, you when you go to the the um, if you will, even the 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 normal run-of-the-mill large supermarket will sell a bunch of salt substitutes. So you can get um, a 10% salt substitute, which is 10% potassium chloride, or you can get up to 85%. And you can find as you work into it, you know, gradually move to a higher level, it'll taste just as good and it lowers your blood pressure. Each 10% substitution in this large study lowered blood pressure by about 1.6 millimeters of mercury, both upper and lower. So just imagine if you go from a 0% substitution to a 60% substitution, that's about a a 12 or 13 millimeter of mercury reduction in blood pressure, which makes a huge difference in risk of heart attack and stroke and even cancer. That's great advice, and I will make sure I share that with everybody. Uh, Just change it. A salt substitute could make all the difference. And Dr. Risen, you make a difference every week in in our lives, as we talked about earlier with with the guy who got the booster and then got a sense of taste back. And so I thank you for that family so much, and I hope uh, we can do this again next week, my friend. I'm looking forward to it, and and, uh, I, you know, have your – have your listeners write to you because um, it really motivates me to keep doing this. Thanks, Doc. (laughs) I appreciate you. Take care. 